With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Do you work hair? Nah, I just like to wear aprons out at bars and pick napkins up off the floor. What can I get you? Drunk? Welcome to episode 19 of Behind Bars, Cocktails and Wasted Nights. I'm your host, Greg. I've been working as a bartender for over 20 years, and over those years, I've seen a lot. My goal here is to share some of those high and low lights with you. Quick warning, this podcast contains sex, drugs, and some language that isn't suitable for anyone under 21 years of age, so you gotta have some ID. Okay, full disclosure, we need to do more than a quick warning on this one. I had Buck back in the studio and things got graphic, like really graphic. This episode is pretty much in direct opposition to every ethical bone in my body and represents everything I didn't want for the podcast, except for the brutal honesty part. And every fiber in my being tells me I shouldn't release it. But fuck me if it's not hilarious. So I figured you guys would get a kick out of it too. Either that, or you'll unsubscribe and leave this establishment. Anyways, it's super sexual and crass, so figured I'd release it just in time for a family holiday. Make sure you're as far away from your relatives as possible before you fire this sucker up. Trigger stated, warnings given. Proceed at your own peril. Okay, before we get started, you'll need a drink. For this one, let's do something festive and Thanksgiving appropriate. Shit, this is my one chance to do something appropriate in this episode. You can skip dessert and drink this instead. It's a pumpkin spice martini. Hey, go easy. This podcast is a judgment-free zone. All right. Chill a martini glass. In a shaker tin, add one and a half ounces of pumpkin spice creamer, one and a half ounces of rum chata, and three, yes three, you're around family, ounces of vanilla vodka. Shake that shit up, then dump your ice water out of the martini glass. Dip the glass into some honey, then pumpkin spice, and once you've got some sweet rim going, strain all that sweet goodness into the glass, top with whipped cream, and sprinkle some more pumpkin spice over the whipped cream. You know who's going to love this? Anyone in your family named Karen. And if you don't have any of that shit, down a shot of El Hemador and sneak into the bathroom for a quick toot. Check yourself for a felony ring before you walk back out into the living room. Felony ring credit goes to my friend Todd A. Brilliant, but seriously, check the nostrils. Okay, again, you've been warned. So, without further ado, here's my second interview with Buck. Enjoy! Alright folks, welcome to Behind Bars, episode 19. The Night He Was Buck by Popular Demand. That's right, we have Buck back in the studio because uh, the listeners are asking for him. 
He's been tied for first, and now he's in second uh, the whole time, ever since we released his first episode, the night I interviewed Buck. Buck, welcome back. Thanks for having me back in the studio, Greg. Yeah, you love this studio, don't you? Very spacious, isn't it? It's great. It's very roomy. <laughs> it is very roomy. <laughs> it's attached to my room. Exactly. I keep all my clothes in here, too. <laughs> I'm so deep in the closet, I'm finding Christmas presents. Ha! <laughs> and um, probably something else. <laughs> um... So yeah, uh, like I said, the listeners loved that first episode, and uh, I know you've got uh, more stories in you, and since uh, we're on quarantine, we've got nothing else to do, so here we are. I have nothing better to do, that's for sure. So is that why uh, you're rolling and drinking beers right now? (laughs) I figured I had to do something if I was coming back in the studio with you. (laughs) <laughs> after uh you know the grab the shaft comment oh my so. <laughs> god that was a yeah that was a favorite that was a fan favorite absolutely um so anything uh anything fun happened to you before we went into quarantine while you were working uh not recently obviously but uh you know we always have those twisted stories that we do tell and uh you know i've owned bars and uh you know so bartender for a long time there's always stories to be told Hold on a second. You owned a bar? I did uh, for a couple years. I was a 50% shareholder. You were people's boss? I was. Isn't that crazy? Oh, my God. Like, what did you do? Like, what did that entail? (laughs) Payroll, ordering. Uh, I was in the kitchen a lot if we lost somebody in the kitchen prepping. Um, Was that a common thing? Because kitchen people are unstable, I've noticed. They are so unstable. Probably more unstable than anything I've ever ran into in my life. Because, like, bartenders, like, party and do, like, blow. But those guys do crack. (laughs) (laughs) Or meth, I think. I don't know. Those guys are hardcore. Or heroin. I don't know what they're doing half the time. Yeah, Mm. and they're always, like, mad. Mad at servers, and it's crazy because they're dealing with knives and fire, and I hate that they're so mad. And the fryer. They can always dump you in there. Yeah. You know, know it's crossed their mind. Hot grease, hot grease. So, like, so you have to go in the kitchen because, like, some people wouldn't show up. Yeah, prep guy wouldn't show up. I'd be in the kitchen prepping for the day or whatever, and, you know, I'd be there at night, so I'd be drinking and, you know, having a good time, and I bartended a lot, too, even when I owned, so would be pulling my own shifts, and, uh, you know, then the... Prep guy would call in, so I'd end up back there in the morning prepping, hungover. Yeah. Did you ever get an excuse? Like, what was the best excuse you got? Uh, you know, you got everything. You know, I mean, like I was arrested. I was arrested. I was in jail. I, you know, <laughs> I'm hungover always. You know, I oh my car broke down was a big one always. Oh my car broke down. Okay, well get a new car. I used to do uh like the schedule at a bar I worked at in L.A. When you're in L.A., you deal with like a lot of actresses that are servers, and so you like get. I have an audition. I'm like. At 8 p.m.? <laughs> uh, no, you don't. It's a business. They close down at 5. What you're going to is going to be on the internet. Right. It's going to involve a couch and a hidden camera. Oh, that's great. That's yeah. great. Yeah. So what do you like better? Did you like owning a bar or do you like just bartending and not having to think about stuff? Um, I like it both ways, but, uh, you he know. He likes it both ways, I folks. Yeah, I do. I do. Uh, no, actually, I prefer just bartending, sleeping some drinks, having some fun. What was the money like, diff- like difference-wise, like for owning versus just bartending? I mean, it was pretty much in the line of the same thing as just bartending full-time. But just more hours. More hours, more more, uh, more responsibility. More stress, yeah. Yeah, more stress. But, uh, you know, we launched our own line of vodka, the, one, the last place I had. Uh, so we had our own label. Uh, with a vodka distiller here in Denver. Oh, and get out. Yeah, so that was a fun time launching that. 
And so, uh, like, you were in liquor stores and stuff. Uh, we were just at our bar, our okay. restaurant or whatever, and we had our own label. So we had different flavors uh, through a distiller that was out of Denver, and they labeled our vodka for us with our own label on it and everything, and we ran it through the bar. Look at you being all responsible. <laughs> yeah, the launch party was pretty crazy for that. I can tell you that. Oh yeah, what happened there? Oh uh, well, um, I was probably. I don't know, it involved some probably cocaine from the night before, hungover, going in, getting ready to launch the vodka, just start doing shots. The promo girls show up. Uh, the one I take into my office and uh, proceed to start doing bumps off of her nipples. Oh, wait, I think uh, she was supposed to work for me that night, but she had an audition. <laughs> yeah, she had an audition with me in my office on camera. You and the cameras. Right, exactly. So I didn't do it, have to do any devil's horns and th- you know, tongue out that time. But uh, yeah, so she's in there and we're doing some bumps and you know, bumping off her nipples. She starts bumping off of my, um, okay. you know, we, yeah. we'll just go from there and uh, <laughs> I'm not going to say anything. Uh, and then I start doing shots off of her nipples. Don't ask me how because she has really big nipples, long. Oh <laughs> So I'm pouring the bottle of our vodka off of her nipples and, like, doing shots off of it. And and, uh, then it proceeded down, farther down below, just so, you know. uh, So so the other girl that she's working with is out just doing the shots all by herself while this is going on? Yeah, it was pretty funny, you know. And then the the girls, you know, we we just keep going at it. And uh, so I started doing some bumps off of other parts of her body. And then next thing you know, we're just... Going at it in the office, and I'm pretty hammered at that point. People are knocking on the office, telling me to come out because, you know, other people are looking for me. It's your party. It's You're my nowhere party. to be found. And I'm nowhere to be found. I'm in the office locked away with this other girl. So. Well, you've already achieved the goal of every party at the beginning. So, like, what's the point of going out and mingling? Yeah, exactly. It was like pulled something real quick, you know? So, uh, <laughs> oh my God. and it ends up being the promo girl, which I felt horrible for because I'm sure she felt like, uh, you know, oh, here's the guy I'm working for, and I'm in the office with him. Where's the- Becca. <laughs> I'm carrying this tray of shots. So I don't know where Becca is. <laughs> exactly. But I was still repping their vodka and my vodka, I guess, at the same time, doing shots off of her body, things like that. What a great night at the office. Absolutely. The The worst part was is uh, it ends up she was uh, a squirter. So, oh, my God. Yeah, so here I am in my office, and I had a couch in my office, and I'm, I'm going to town on her. And uh, she starts <laughs> she's going to town in my office. And so I had to find some bar towels to clean up with, you know, the the good old bar towels. Oh, my God. I got a story, like, uh, related to that with the – because I had heard stories. I would heard the myth of the squirter, but I had never actually encountered one. And uh, basically I'm bartending one night, and there's this gorgeous girl that comes into my bar. This was in Glendale at Jack's, the jazz bar. She's beautiful, and she's on this date that's going horribly, and I can see it from the bar. They're sitting in the booth. She gets up and goes to the bathroom. I already have my number written down for her. I give it like two minutes, then I walk down towards the ladies' room. She comes out, and I go, listen, I know you're on a date. It looks like it's going terrible. Here's my number. Give me a call. If you want to go out, I'll take you. We'll have a good time. Sure enough, she calls me that night, and we make plans to go out the next night. So we meet up. She's like, oh, I have to tell you something. I'm like, what? You got a boyfriend. You're pregnant. You were once a man. What? She's like, uh, I'm not 21. Oh. I was like, oh, my God. How old are you? She's like 20. I'm like, oh, sweet. Well, let's go out. I mean, drinks are real expensive, so we'll have to go see a movie. <laughs> so uh, so we go out, like, and it's kind of late. So the only movies available that are playing right now is like Marley and Me and Gran Torino. 
And uh, I don't want to go see Marley and me. At this time, I have dogs, and every dog movie ends the same way, and I don't want to see like her to see me bawling. You know what I mean? <laughs> and uh, so Gran Torino was the other one, but this chick's uh, Asian. And Clint she... Eastwood plays this racist. Oh, absolutely. So in the first five minutes, like Clint Eastwood is like, he already has like uh, four slurs just rattled off like towards Asians, and like me and her are making out like Jerry and Elaine during uh, Schindler's List. You know what I mean? So we go back to my place, and we end up hooking up, and then the next thing I know... The squirting happens. And I was like shocked. I'm like, oh my God, you're going to be dehydrated? Do you need a Gatorade? Do you need to go to the hospital? What's going on? I don't know where all that fluid comes from sometimes. It's unbelievable. Like the next morning, like my neighbors saw me with like my couch cushions out on the patio. I was double Febrezing them, just like shooting them double guns like an outlaw. And uh, I told all my uh, bar regulars the story. And the next day they came in with sham wows. Oh my God, that's great. Yeah. And as the relationship went on, we ended up, uh, I just said, listen, do you mind if I put plastic down? <laughs> She's like, well, my last boyfriend did that too. I'm like, all right, let's do it. So yeah, it's always funny because you never know that there are going to be one, and then all of a sudden it happens, and so it's it always takes you by surprise. And I've had quite a few since then, and uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's I I just don't I you know I I'm over that phase I guess because it's like. Damn it, now I gotta get everything dry cleaned. It's a lot of maintenance. It's a lot of maintenance. It's a lot of maintenance. A lot of plastic or a lot of towels. But it's so fun. It is fun for a minute. And then uh then you realize that really it's just pee. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I know there there are arguments that it's not, but like what else could it be? What else could it be? Yeah. So and then uh you know, after after that happens and she's you know, so I'm trying to clean up, but then we start going at it again. And uh she's like Pull it out, go all over my face. Oh my gosh. <laughs> she's she's like, full on. Kinda, so I do, and then she gets cleaned up, and we go out, and she's like, Don't say anything. My boyfriend's going to show up. And then, oh my God. So here she is. Her boyfriend shows up. They start making out, and I'm just like, Oh my God. This is horrible. This is horrible. So I just start pounding shots, doing more lines. Um, and then the next morning, I had a flight out at like 7 a.m. to go to Jackson Hole to meet up with a, a band that uh, I'm friends with. And we were going in for one night just to party with them and brought them a couple bottles of my labeled <laughs> vodka, partied with them, and flew back the next day. It was crazy. It was like a three-day party. It was nuts. Jesus. Yeah. Party like a rock star. You literally got it all in in just like a few hours. <laughs> Unbelievable. Absolutely. My favorite part is that the guy was kissing her after. After. Uh, oh my God! Like the the things going around because obviously my business partner knew what was going on at the time, and he's just looking at me, shaking his head, and I'm just going, "Oh my gosh, this is just like, this is just something out of a movie, you know?" And it was like, I feel bad for this guy, you know. She can't imagine why the bar is not still in business. Oh, it's still open. Oh, it is. Oh yeah, absolutely. I I just won't mention it, you know. Did you uh, sell your shares? Or I did. did they I got ask it. you to sell your shares. Yeah, no, they, I did sell my shares, and it was uh, my choice. So it was just too long of a drive after a bit. So. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah. So I'm still doing pretty well, from what I understand. I don't know during the whole COVID thing how it's doing, but uh, you know, I was up there for the 10 year anniversary last year, uh, and it was great. You know, seeing some old faces and things like that. But uh, yeah, old was, faces glazed with. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I was waiting for her to show up. <laughs> yeah. you know, like waiting, she probably you know probably ready to kill me or you know probably broke up with that boyfriend by that point probably because he found out afterwards you know i mean let's hope so yeah i mean if you couldn't tell and then she had just gotten railed in your aunt you know oh my God. <laughs> you know her hair disheveled and you know she's she Hi, had to honey kill how are you yeah right hey you smell like something oh my god <laughs> <laughs> oh my god 
Oh, what? Oh, uh, hold on a second. I gotta pause this for a second. <laughs> With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just gonna circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, listeners, we took a much needed break. Um, had a couple beers. We talked about some things. Uh, <laughs> obviously, we talked about deleting that, but since you heard it, you know what we chose. Um, and we figured the best thing to do, so you guys didn't think we were both scumbags, is to try to come up with some tales of redemption. Some good deeds that we've done while we were behind the bar. Kind of balance out the disturbance in the forest that has just been created. <laughs> <laughs> I've given out many cigarettes to many people. Uh, many homeless people as well. Uh, oh, man. I got a homeless story for you. Once when I was uh, living in L.A., I went to a Boston market. You always get, like, the chicken, the two sides, and they give you cornbread. And there's this homeless uh, lady outside. And as I walked out, I offered her my cornbread. And she's like, oh, please, if I have another cornbread today, I'm going to lose my mind. No, no. It's like, well, you posted up outside of Boston Market. I'm not giving you the chicken. You're yep. going to get cornbread. Or the side of mac and cheese. Yeah. Oh, God. Well, yeah, we'll share the fork. That was that was a good, that was, that's a good, you know, feel-good story with a homeless, for I sure. I stopped a guy from bleeding. Like, he, uh, he I, I kicked him out of my bar. He was being a total douche, and he was drunk. Then somebody came in, and like, there's a guy that needs help out there. And I ran out. The guy had fallen back on his head, cracked his head open. Blood was pooling. And I used my tie to, like... Like tie it around his scalp and then like called like the, a tourniquet. Yeah, yeah, just like trying to like wow. tighten it. Yeah, that's a, that's a good deed, especially ruining a good tie like that when you're bartending. So, yeah, you thank know. God I didn't have a clip I, on. I it, I, uh, I saved a lady from a DUI at, at my bar one time. She uh, put her car into the ditch and came in, and she had obviously had a few drinks. So before the police got there, I ended up just feeding her a bunch of shots and had the shots in front and just kept giving it to her. Police show up and they're like. You know, is that your car? She was like, yes. And she was all shaken up. And I said, look, she just had a few shots. I gave it to her. She was a little shaken up. So ended up uh, doing that and saving her from a DUI that way. Oh, really? Then what happened? Um. Oh, boy. Uh, we had a few more drinks that night. And then uh, I, I don't really want to tell that. It's Did you get her a ride home or uh, get her a cab or what? I ended up giving her a ride home and sleeping with her that night. Uh, see, guy. <laughs> Trying to do a redemption story. <laughs> yeah, see, yeah, yeah, it just uh, leads right into that when we are bartenders. There's always a good deed is outweighed by, you know, what we do, and that's having fun. One time some guy came into my karaoke bar, and he tipped us uh, $500. He was rolling his face off. So uh, Craig, uh, kind of a famous actor, and I all went to the body shop on Sunset and just blew it at the strip joint immediately. And then the next day he came in and was talking to Sal about how he was, like, really messed up on ecstasy and he didn't mean to tip us 500 bucks. And we uh, gave him his money back. Wow, really? Yeah. It wasn't that... so much a good deed as, like, Sal made us do it, but, like, we did it. That's still a feel-good move. Yeah, it was, it was still... like, it was a tip. Yeah. Exactly. I've done the thing where I was like, oh, wait, you gave me a 50. Here's your change. And they thought it was, like, a 20. I'm just trying to list things off, you guys, because I know we sounded like such scumbags earlier. We, we did, we did. What else, what else was good? I mean, I've always given people, you know, I've, I've 
grabbed a couple people with some Ubers that needed them home. And I, I paid did that, for them. and they messed up my Uber rating, dude. Oh, oh absolutely. They were belligerent in the car. I got them the Uber under my account, and then they were like... Yeah, I had a puker with a with an Uber that I grabbed for somebody and ended up having to pay for that. I had a bleeder. You had oh, a bloody uh, nose uh, in the back. Oh, gee. I wonder where that bloody nose came from. Know. He said he hit himself in the face with the door. I don't know. It was a convoluted story. Yeah, always, always. David, if you're listening, you know who you know what you did. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, those stories always come back to haunt you, too. You're nice, and then they come back to haunt, so... You know, I don't know. There's a, you know, there's a lot of those. I bought somebody dinner before, but always comes back to haunt you. You know, they end up becoming psycho and crazy. And you wait, know. is this douchey? Like us trying to list off good things? I think it is too. It is too. <laughs> it oh is, God. Yeah, I think it's kind of. Guess did- what else we did? Yeah, exactly. Oh, man. I, I'm not. A, I'm not a feel good bartender. I'll make you feel good, but it's I'm like right. contributing to a charity than telling people about. Yeah, it. that's exactly. what we're doing right now. Yeah, exactly. All right, I should it, delete this. It, As you can tell, listeners, I didn't. <laughs> All right. Well, this has been episode 19, The Night He Was Buck by Popular Demand. <laughs> I, uh, Hopefully I'll be back again, but I don't know after this episode. Oh, no. You're definitely... We're going to definitely have you back. We're just going to... We'll pre-screen on the story this time. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I like to wing it and just like let it happen naturally, but uh, with you, I think we got to kind of go over some stuff, kind of like uh, like we're on Jeopardy and we have to talk about what we're going to talk about it's before like we talk about ground it. It's like ground rules. So I got to set the ground rules. Yeah. Ground... Well, Ground rules would be good, definitely. Yeah. God, you smell like something. That was uh, that, that was, was pretty epic. That, that was, you know, another classic line from Buck. <laughs> All right, listeners, we will see you next time on Cocktails and Wasted Nights. Say bye, Buck. Bye. Have a good night. Okay. I think after this episode, we need one more drink, right? So here we go. Grab a Collins glass or a Rocks glass. Jury's still out. East Coast, I know, is Collins glass. And uh, people in Colorado are telling me it's a Rocks glass. Anyway, fill it up with ice. Throw in one ounce of vodka, one ounce of Kahlua, and fill the rest of the glass with soda. Then grab three straws and turbo that shit. That's what we call a mind eraser. So we can move on to the next episode with a clean slate. Well, it's last call, so let me give you a tip. Don't say, can I have a Coke and rum? Liquor first, then mixer. You don't have mash and bangers. You don't have jelly and peanut butter. Put the horse in front of the cart for fuck's sake. Folks, it's been a blast. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. And a call to my fellow booze slingers. Send in your stories to cockedtalesandwastednights at gmail.com. You can remain anonymous if you'd like. Thanks for listening, subscribing, downloading, and spreading the word. Don't be afraid to give me a good review, even if you're lying. If you'd like to support the podcast, check out Behind Bars, Cocked Tales, and Wasted Nights on Patreon. And check out my video, Just Close It, on YouTube. We'll see you next time on Behind Bars, Cocked Tales, and Wasted Nights. Cheers! Welcome to episode 19 of Behind Bars, Cocked Tales and Wasted Nights. Ah, fuck. We need to do either that or you'll unsubscribe and leave this establishment. Either that or you'll... Fuck. I figured I'd recent. Fuck. Fuck. Fucking text messages. Then grab three straws and turbo down that... Fuck.